The store is so important because it's the center of like your brand. It's where people come and experience Commonwealth Joe and they get to experience it in a very different way. You know, as Allison was saying, design impacts experience. Welcome back to Drip, a DC coffee podcast. The podcast of coffee people, by coffee people, and for coffee people. I'm your host, Austin Brower. In this episode, Robbie Peck, the founder of Commonwealth Joe Coffee Roasters, and Allison Cook, principal and director of hospitality and design at CORE, explore the design of CWJ's Crystal City location. The conversation journeys through the development of concepts and design that now permeate Commonwealth Joe's location and branding. Robbie has taken CWJ from an idea to a leading provider of Office Nitro Cold Brew. Due to Allison's architecture, design, and business prowess, she has been most recently recognized by the Washington Business Journal as a 40 under 40 honoree. You won't want to miss their take on space, branding, design, and coffee. So without further ado, sit back, grab your cup of coffee, and enjoy the episode. Really excited to have you, Allison Cook here and Thank you. Robert Peck. And Allison is the principal at Core Architecture Plus Design. Yes. And also the director of hospitality design. That's right. Right. And yeah. Washington Business Journal 40 Under 40. That's right. Right. Okay. I am officially under 40 <laughs> for a little while longer. There you go. And you also have a lot of letters to your name, like IIDA and Lead AP. So maybe you can tell us about those yes. later. Um, yes. I didn't know what those were. Um, we can talk about that later if you want. It's really not that exciting. But. <laughs> um, then we have Robbie Peck here, CEO and co-founder of Commonwealth Joe uh, Coffee Shop. People listening to the podcast have probably heard it. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk to you both today because we've never really approached like the coffee space as much and kind of what went into the thought process of designing a coffee shop and what that means for customers and what that means for baristas. So excited to get into that and then also just hearing your stories of what got you into coffee and what you love about coffee and then on your end, what got you into coffee design and more restaurant design probably, but I'm really excited about it. Cool. Um, So it'd be great if maybe, Robbie, do you want to start just sharing a little bit about yourself and kind of your coffee journey? Yeah, sure. So about 13, 14 years ago, worked with my mom in a coffee shop in Culpeper and uh, fell in love with coffee. She was a roaster, I was a barista. Went off to high school and then she ended up starting a one-person coffee roasting company. She bought all the coffee equipment from that shop and was super proud of her. Ultimately, and after graduating from school and doing something else for a bit, started Commonwealth Joe with some friends to bring her coffee to market. And then, um, you know, after a couple of years doing farmer's markets and selling to grocery stores and coffee shops, you know, we decided we wanted to get into the coffee shop business. We uh, we started actually buying an existing coffee shop, taking ownership of the Java Shack, Arlington's original coffee house, which we still own and operate today. And we set our sights on opening our flagship store in Pentagon City, and CORE helped us to realize that that dream, which uh, we opened in, in September of 2016. Yeah, it was exciting. It's still pretty recent, right? And, and Allison, you were kind of the lead... Yeah, so my role um, at CORE, to give a little bit more context about what we do, people are always confused by how we do such a broad range of different project types. So my focus is more hospitality and retail. My background is in interior design, but I have my partners are architects by training. So we do anything from 
coffee shops all the way up to Class A office building construction and design. So it's kind of cool to see kind of the threads and the process and the commonalities in the process because we say, you know, we believe that good design has the power to shape experiences. So that can happen at any scale. And the design process starts with exploration. So every project, you're kind of exploring a new opportunity. The process remains the same, but it's kind of about co-creating with our clients and seeing what their vision is. And a lot of times they think like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I want. But our job is to kind of like pull it out of them, you know, and help them realize their vision and build space in a functional and kind of beautiful way. So that's how I like to describe what we do, even though we do such a broad range of projects from public libraries to food halls to coffee shops and bars and and everything in between multifamily. So um, Commonwealth Joe found us through a mutual contact and we just started talking about how important this first store was to them. Their goal is to kind of grow the business and they've been amazing collaborators with us. So That's exciting. And yeah. And so what kind of got you into design? Um, What got me into design, I did uh, corporate office interior design when I first started out in my career after graduating, which was interesting because you're really affecting the way people work and they spend a lot of time at work, you know, so that was very rewarding in one sense. But I always, I had this studio in school that was focused more on retail and restaurant and I just was like, I got to get into this work sector. So I made a shift and I joined CORE because that was part of their focus um, and kind of never looked back. So my first uh, restaurant project that I worked on there was the original Founding Farmers over at the IMF building. And I just love that every project is so different. And again, it's about the client's brand and their business and representing that in the space. And, you know, sometimes you get to be really thematic and other times it's a little bit more subtle, but it's just always exciting. And you get to visit it afterwards, take your friends there. It's a very kind of public engagement piece and the fact that you can affect kind of the ground plane and the retail in a neighborhood through restaurant design and cafe design is really exciting to me. Yeah. You mentioned kind of bringing your friends in the space that you've created. That's kind of what you get to do as well, right, Rafi? Yeah, I think for a coffee company, if you have a coffee shop, then you know how important it is to get that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're a coffee company, you know, it's possible you're also selling coffee in other places outside of your store. But the store is so important because it's the center of like your brand. It's where people come and experience Commonwealth Joe and they get to experience it in a very different way. You know, as Allison was saying, design impacts experience and we've seen that a ton. So, you know, when people come to Commonwealth Joe, the first thing that they see before they've even tried the coffee is the shop and they're in awe and they love it. And then we want the coffee to live up to that experience. Now, what we were worried about is we knew we had good coffee, but you know, how, how could we create a design experience that reflected our passion and paid homage to the craftsmanship of the coffee trade? You know, Core did, did such a good job of bringing that out, and uh, we, we never could have imagined the shop turning out the way that it did. And it's a very special place because it is a public display of your brand, and um, the experience that you offer to your customers and it's how people remember your company. You know, for us, this is a very special place. We do classes here, we do tastings, you know, we also sell coffee, but um, we're really selling an experience. It's a meeting place for the community. There's a lot of meetings held here and they choose Commonwealth Joe over other coffee shops because of that experience. Mm -hmm. And so getting that design element right was like so important. Yeah. 
you talked about kind of as the flagship store, it's the head of your branding and kind of the lead of that, but do you mind talking a little bit about what you do outside of the shop as well? Yeah, absolutely. Outside of the store, uh, we're the leading provider of nitro cold brew coffee to offices, but oftentimes, and we provide that as a business service, but people find out about the cold brew by coming to the shop or they hear about it through friends or they find out about it in other offices. You know, you'll, you'll either experience our cold brew, you know, in our shop where we have, you know, six different cold brews on tap, or you'll experience it in an office, or you'll experience it on the street if you see one of our tricycles riding around Arlington <laughs> or D.C. where you can get it on tap. So we're known for our roasted coffee and our, our cold brew. Nice. Yeah, thanks for sharing some of the, the work you do outside of it. And to be honest, I've been trying to get your cold brew in my office for a long time, and it still hasn't happened. So, uh, Pull some strings. Just a matter, if just a matter of time. Pull some strings. <laughs> That's yeah. right. We want Conwell Joe cold brew. All right, well, I think we can arrange for a free test run or something oh gosh, just to get them to try it. Yeah, once they get a little bit, they're not going to be able to stop. <laughs> I love that. Well, cool. Thank you guys for sharing a little more about yourselves. And, you know, Allison, you were talking about how you kind of help explore that vision and Robbie it did seem like you really came into the experience understanding kind of what you wanted but that may have changed throughout is that right well I'll talk a little bit about how our process starts and how we try to like drag that information out of our clients so some clients are more comfortable in relating to design than others you know so I feel like no matter who the client is you kind of have to get to know them and what their relationship is with design and architecture to have that foundational conversation so we start very very abstract and we talk about who your customer is or who are you trying to reach how do you want them to feel when they walk in to your space what are the brand promises that you want to make to your customers we talk about functional things about what do you need what services are you going to offer and we talk about you know why your product is important and we want especially with food service or coffee or cafes we want to understand how the product is made and delivered to the guest and so really doing kind of a deep dive into all of that so for Robbie and his partner Chase a lot of what they were describing to us was like how much care goes into their roasting and how important it is for them to be known as not just a coffee shop but they are a roaster as well so that played a huge role in what needed to be represented in the space and also that everything's purposeful in their process of coffee making and so everything in the space needed to have a place and be very kind of like representing that workmanlike quality and very purposeful so there are a lot of purposeful details in the space that we can talk about later so we kind of went from there and developed a visual concept but you can probably add more to kind of like what your brand was about and yeah yeah absolutely so you know i think core did such a good job of coming in and trying to assess like where we stood from a design experience perspective, how much experience and familiarity did we have with architecture and design? And they've probably found out pretty quickly we had very little to know. So, <laughs> That's and, not true. Um, and you guys had a lot of opinions and ideas. It was great. We, 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 we probably made it difficult. We certainly had opinions um, and ideas, but it was a very collaborative process. And, and it started with strong recommendation for CORE is how we started talking with them, and to be frank, we were talking with a lot of architects. We got bids from a lot of architects. You know, we, we didn't choose Core because they were the lowest price, but we felt we'd get the best value, mm-hmm. and um, we're so happy with that decision. For us, it was so important um, because this was the first Commonwealth Joe 
Like we had to really nail it and we needed to get that materials palette down. We needed to figure out it was a difficult project because at the same time we were building out the store, we were also doing a brand redesign. And what was really interesting was the store design actually ended up informing our brand redesign. And so some of the materials that Allison and her team helped us pick out, that's the reason we have those colors now Mm -hmm. as part of our brand guidelines and our new logo. But um, them learning about our business and trying to understand us started with them coming out and doing a coffee tasting at our coffee lab, which was actually a bona fide like garage that we were working out of. Um, in the meantime, we were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we can we can share that. Yeah. And, and uh, we we had actually this beautiful architect drafting table in there that was like a hundred years old and and we had bought it at this antique shop and we were like this table is going in our next coffee shop and so we wanted to bring them into our little garage (laughs) tasting room and we did this like ceremonial coffee tasting and they participated we were slurping and spitting and um, we said this table right here we want to build a tasting room around this table so they're like okay well that's going to take up a lot of space (laughs) and the great thing is I mean that, that they, they incorporated yeah. that in there, yeah, and um, yeah, and you would never even yeah, know at that, table that right it was now. bought at this antique shop and that it's over a hundred years old. But you know, even the the new materials that they've selected, you know, it all lives in this beautiful world, this brand world that they helped mm-hmm. us to create, mm-hmm. which ultimately affected our actual brand that a local branding agency helped us to bring to life too, using a lot of the work that Core was doing and some of their mood boards and the early abstract work helped to inform that design process. Mm -hmm. And then now that brand world is actually what goes on our delivery vans and our sleeves and our bags. And so in in a really interesting way, Core has really shaped a lot of the design decisions of like our company and they've had like rippling effects for like years after just the creation of the initial shop, which is really cool. That's cool wow. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, and we always talk about that with clients that your brand extending beyond the physical space is so important. So, of course, you know, we want to get to know your program and how you're addressing your customers and your guests and like your operational workflow, but also how is your brand represented in the digital world, how is your brand represented in packaging? Because mm-hmm. it's all about either preparing the guest for the experience before they get here. What's their perception of your brand before they arrive to the space? What do they expect to see and experience? And then when they leave, what are they going to tell people or project about your brand? Are they going to be a brand ambassador? And so design encompasses like all of those visual aspects, even to the point where I'll use some of our fast casual projects as an example. It's like the packaging sometimes is a design feature because you need to stack the boxes somewhere and it becomes something that is a visual as part of the architecture. So I think that that is kind of a natural ripple effect to experience. Um, And it's cool to have the opportunity to have the branding going on at the same time as the flagship store design and it was actually kind of perfect timing for everything to come together. Yeah, so. and, it, and now, you know, kind of looking at where everything landed after the fact, like, it, you know, it was kind of this beautiful symphony kind of all yeah. happening at the same time. Lots of different people working on different things, and it all came together in a very nice way. But but the architecture and, like, design work by CORE was certainly, like, the spearhead, kind of, like, leading the charge in a lot of those design decisions and we're really excited with how things turned out. And I've only been open a, a couple of years now, but the, the the shop has been doing great. Yeah. yeah. So some people haven't been out to Commonwealth Joe's, and I would really like them to get out here and I try and experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
would love for you to kind of walk us through the space. If you were just walking into Commonwealth Joe's, what do you see? Just to give people who are listening a perspective of of the shop. And yeah. Love to hear the creative process that you already started to talk about a little bit behind it. Would you be able to walk us yeah, through? Yeah, absolutely. I can walk yeah. through and maybe Allison can walk yeah. through. And, and we're in the Bartlett apartment built, I guess, so for we're, context. Yeah, yeah. for there context, <laughs> this is um, a, a JBG Smith property. It's the Bartlett residential building. It's the largest you know, residential mixed-use building with 699 apartments. This is an enormous, high-rise residential building uh, in Pentagon City. And, um, you know, this was a very important project because it was on a road where it's connecting Crystal City and Pentagon City. And at the time, I never would have even kind of considered Pentagon City as a location for a coffee shop because it wasn't somewhere I went regularly. But, you know, after meeting with the Vornado team and and then just kind of seeing that vision for what they were planning to build, you know, I said, this is something we want to be a part of. So what we really like about the retail space, it's on the corner of this really high rise residential building. There's one entrance into the lobby and we made some design decisions mm-hmm. um, to functionally kind of take advantage of being able to do mobile ordering with people in the building and having a pickup ledge mm-hmm. by that entrance and residents really like that. And then it's also on the corner of the building um, with really high ceilings, a lot of window space and a natural light. So a lot of the design decisions, you know, the first thing you see when you're walking up to Commonwealth Joe is really large kind of hexagon CWJ signs off the side of the building and large letters Commonwealth Joe above. And you see a lot of the natural wood tones and kind of the the bookshelf and the background and a lot of the coffee equipment and you see baristas doing pour overs and making coffee. So it's this really theatrical kind of experience from the outside. Um, and you might see the very large gold pipe coming out of the ceiling, which is where the nitro cold brew flows into the tap handle. So it's a really, you know, it's a really beautiful kind of wooded, like a lot of wood, a lot of denim colored material, the large curtains, the glass cupping room. When you walk in, you know, you're going to hear the sounds of, of baristas like tamping and grinding coffee, and you're going to get a full sensory experience with the smells. And, you know, there's some light ambient music playing in the background and, you know, people putting down their mugs in the shop. So it's really this, this like beautiful kind of orchestra of sounds, or at least to me, um, you know, I, I love it. I love it. And just like the smell of like fresh round coffee and then, you know, the croissants. And, and then and then pretty soon after you're in, you know, you've made it into the line and you're in the queue. And, and we wanted to make it very natural to kind of just like fall into the line. Mm-hmm. I think that was part of the design decision, too. And once you're in the line, you, you, there's like a station where you order. And then uh, while you're waiting in line, you've got like rows and rows of shelves of fresh roasted coffee sitting there that you can kind of examine and look through 13 or 15 different varieties of coffee. You go over to the pour over station or the espresso station um, where the barista is working on your drink, depending on what you ordered. Or So it's really cool. And then, you know, once you've kind of waited for your drink um, and there's like kind of a waiting area by either station and. You know, you can either go sit down in the cupping room and lay out your papers and your computer and get some work done or sit at the banquette with like one other person and and have a one on one conversation or go to the high tops by the window. And so there's there's a lot of different types of seating, too, depending on what you're in the mood for. So, yeah, we really did try to address a lot of different environments that people could experience in terms of seating. So, yeah, we've got, as Robbie mentioned, kind of in the window, these bar height counters that look out. And so you can watch people along the street if you're kind of an individual doing work, but you want to kind of work socially alone, as we like to say in industry terms. Um, And then uh, the cupping room, as Robbie mentioned, I mean, it functions as like probably the coolest like conference room ever. 
lever that opens up to the rest of the space, which was intentional. So, you know, people can use it for meetings and close it off visually, or it could remain entirely open to the space and be like overflow seating. And then just like the casual cafe seating. So you can kind of pick your own interaction, I guess, to a certain extent. But it's it's really cool to hear you describe the flow of the space yeah, because yeah. you did an awesome job. I was like, wow, you really hit on like, like yeah, the space the planning again. of everything. Yeah, but it it really was like I think you wanted the experience to be very intuitive, right? So you talk about the queuing through the space and we always try to think about it from like, how does the guest need to move through? How yeah. does the staff need to move through and how do they interact? And yeah. how is that all orchestrated seamlessly? And so when you mentioned too, we've got kind of two entrances, like one that connects to the residential mm-hmm. lobby and then your main entrance on the corner off the street. And a lot of the design decisions about how to queue from kind of two different points mm-hmm. were made a lot in tandem with, okay, how are we interacting with residents? How does your company want to interact with residents? Is there a rewards program? Are you going to incentivize them to come down here? how you know if i'm a resident and i want to grab coffee every day on my way out and i always get the same thing can i order it ahead and it's just waiting for me at my own special little door and window where i can come pick it up yeah so we were trying to kind of orchestrate that on one side of the ordering counter and then the other ordering counter for people that you know may not be regulars maybe passing by or you know aren't residents and they're coming in off the street so having those two kind of points converge in a way that is also really simple workflow for the staff to address both yeah. of those kind of customer types. But I think the big thing too is that the positioning of the barista station, it's tilted a little to face the entry. Yeah. And that was really important to you guys remember being like, we roast the best coffee, we have such a high standard, we want the best baristas, and if we're gonna attract the best talent, we need to have the best barista station. It needs to be, you know, a very social part of the experience, very interactive part of the experience. And it needs to have like everything you need and everything in its place. And that went to like the entire design. Everything had a purpose and a place. And it was like, you're watching them. We say craftsmanship is a huge Mm -hmm. piece of the design here. And uh, that you're watching somebody do their craft, like make you this beautiful cup of coffee. And the cupping room i mean i think that this was like a unique element for you guys because the aspect that if it was a graded cupping room which you can talk way more about what's involved in that we designed it to certain criteria to be certified that's right um but it was a huge selling point and an opportunity here because we also had enough space to incorporate one but it's glassed in on the corner and it can be opened up entirely to the space so there's a sliding door on one side and swinging doors on the other side but it also looks directly onto the barista station. So that was intentional whereby, you know, Robbie could call up a guest barista or a celebrity barista and have them almost performing (laughs) and people in the cupping room kind of watching or having sort of a workshop focused around the barista station as well. So this room's kind of a little bit of a transformer intentionally, you know, to serve a lot of different purposes. It's very versatile and we use it, you know, people use the cupping room for private meetings Mm -hmm. and then uh, most of the time it's just open to the public. We do classes in here and a lot of times we'll leave the curtains open to, um, you know, inspire curiosity and people are like, what's going on in there? What's that (laughs) class? And then, you know, the baristas might tell them, oh yeah, every Sunday at 10 we do a cupping you should sign up. Um, they'll give them more information. So, you know, it's really been good for getting people to be curious 
And, you know, the experience of residents, yeah, we really broke down our customers into like different types of customers and thought through that mm-hmm. customer experience. There was so much thought put into queuing. I think one of the things we really liked about working with Core is they really thought about like, where do you want the line to start? Like, do you want people to see a line from the outside? You could have designed the space in a way where like the line is always out the door mm-hmm. or, you know, what are the important considerations? And what you all want? We wanted a very like natural intuitive queuing system where you kind of just fall into the line. You're not like always waiting outside. We want you to be able to come in. I mean, maybe if if it's a really long line, sometimes people are waiting outside, but you know, we wanted to make it so if people came in from the lobby or from the main entrance, that they would naturally fall into the same line without there being confusion, without even putting up a sign that says order here, pick up here. People just kind of knew what to do. And we landed at that. You know, we also had this like very large structural column that came down. And at first we were like, oh my gosh, like what a burden, you know, what are we going to do with this column? And they, you know, Core was able to design it in a way where it helped to be the place where those two groups of people, the people coming from the main entrance and from the lobby, where they converge into a line. So it helped with the queuing. We used it as as a beautiful um, place to build shelving for our bags. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being one of the, you know, I think beautiful kind of design elements of the shops. We took this like eyesore and Core was able to like turn it into something beautiful. So, you know, I thought that was really cool too. Yeah. You guys both talk about functionality and kind of flow and as you're talking about, I just feel myself keep falling through the experience and <laughs> yeah. it, it does it very well. So Yeah. And then for the person in the building, I mean, they're ordering as they're leaving their apartment room and their experiences, they walk to the elevator door, they get in the elevator, they come down, they walk through the lobby, they open the door, they wave, they grab their drink and they're gone. For them, that's a great experience because they're just going to walk and get on the metro. Well, and then you've got your customer that is coming in off the street, but they come here maybe three, four days a week in the morning. And I was thinking about this morning, a conversation with a barista may be the first conversation anybody has in their morning. And like, how important is that interaction, right? And so setting the tone for their morning is, is an important thing. So what that experience feels like needs to be really carefully considered. But, you know, how are they moving through the space? And then how, how are you addressing those people that want to linger and hang around for a while? So yeah. it really was. It was studying it from a bunch of different kind of customer and guest perspectives and, and seeing how we're addressing all of those. Yeah. And so after the exploration stage, and maybe we're already mm-hmm. past that, but mm-hmm. after the exploration stage, where do you go from there through the process? Well, we do kind of the uh, the visual and the functional elements of it in tandem, you know, so kind of the artistic and the practical considerations sort of at the same time. So while we're talking about what we call programming, you know, so like what are the elements in the space that you need for functionality? At the same time, we're talking about, you know, Robbie and Chase are talking about like it's about craftsmanship and everything having a place and being purposeful. And to us, that just conjured ideas of, um, and I think for you guys too, it was not an overtly masculine brand, but it had kind of a masculine touch to it a little bit, I think, in terms of uh, maybe your sensibilities and what you guys kind of gravitated towards as owners, but still very approachable, very casual. So for us, that kind of brought to mind kind of like blue collar workers and again, like your toolbox and your toolkit and having the right tools for your trade, right? So that started to visually kind of inform all of the 
kind of finished materiality and uh, the design language. So we're pulling images of guys in dungarees and denim, you know, and and they were they were showing that cool to us. We were like, like yes, yeah, yeah. that that's yeah. it. We want support over like a thousand uh-huh. thousands of pictures, and we created like ultimately a mood board of maybe twenty of them. Yeah, and we're super happy. We still refer to that today. I think we you know have new team members kind of look at this is the brand that's so cool so yeah. you, and it's i mean that's we gather cool. images yeah. of everything i mean like i think we had a picture of a watch and yeah. a guy that had a coffee cup hanging off of a backpack a lot like of a really leather smart and way. denim and wood yeah. and yeah, yeah. And toolbox or something and yeah something. <laughs> yeah yeah a nice brass and denim motorcycle yeah there uh-huh. you go uh-huh. yeah but it was about like quality and craft too so it wasn't rustic again it was like a refined kind of workmanlike quality to those things, which is where we got into some of the more refined metals, like the brass work and things like that. And some of the glass to meet Mm -hmm. health requirements, but also to make it theatrical and to see someone kind of doing a pour over behind a very beautiful glass display and even just picking the right thickness and the height. And then, you know, they, uh, they ultimately picked out these beautiful rails for the pour over bar. I did not realize when we were picking them out, they were actually made out of brass. And so when they came in, I was like, these are super heavy. These are amazing. These are high quality. They're actual brass. They're actually brass. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I think, like, we couldn't be more happy with the material selection and even the way the millwork turned out. And, um, yeah, any day that you're here in the morning, you, you get to see people interact with the space. And they really are interacting in in so many ways similarly to kind of what we were envisioning and i feel like there's something here at the shop for everyone there's something for the the quick coffee drinker Mm -hmm. that just wants to be in and out there's someone for the kind of social independent worker that just wants to get at the window and be working around other people but there's a lot of you know i see a lot of like dates going on in here and you know a lot of like group powwows and like working sessions so it's neat just uh i was just thinking about as we were going back to kind of the the mood and the look and feel and everything yeah. too. I think part of what drove me to say kind of a little bit masculine too is the name, right? So we're like Commonwealth Joe, you know? Yeah. And we knew, okay, founded in Virginia, you know, you started this roasting experience with your mom as a family business, but the name Commonwealth Joe also had like a an everyman kind of attitude to yeah. it. You know, it's casual and like the everyman, the every every worker, you know, so kind of representing that and the finished palette and the approachability. So that also informed a little bit the mood and the look and feel too. All this kind of centers around like all these ideas and thoughts and feelings you wanted, but kind of the centerpiece in my eyes is the coffee. And so when you get through all these great experiences and you get to the coffee, what do you want your customers to experience when they're drinking the coffee? How do you want them to feel about the coffee? And Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully the experience with the coffee, you know, I think it starts, you're walking up to the shop, you see other people kind of walking down the sidewalk with uh, Commonwealth Joe branded sleeves. You see these like blue sleeves, you see, um, you know, gold straws. We're known for kind of on our cold drinks, we got these like gold straws and these nitro cold brew branded cups. So your first interaction is this like sensory experience. You like, you see people drinking it and that kind of makes you like want your coffee more. You're like, oh, I can't wait to get my coffee. Then you like kind of come in the shop and, you know, we talked about it before, but you hear this kind of orchestra of like, you know, people tamping and pitchers kind of getting hit on countertops and you see people kind of pouring latte art and 
You know, so you, you, it's like visual at first, and then when you walk in, there's some audible kind of sounds that you're now associating with people making coffee, sounds that you hear in coffee shops, and you you smell it, right, when you come in. I mean, we're grinding coffee. Um, we're not using ground coffee. You know, we're using fresh roasted mm-hmm. coffee, and we're grinding it, you know, one cup at a time for people getting pour-overs or getting espresso. So you, you smell that when you come in. Then when you get your cup, you know, if you're getting it for here, every mug, every glass has been carefully thought through choosing something that you would want to drink that beverage out of. Um, And if you're getting it to go, you know, you're getting it in a branded paper cup or a plastic cup for a cold drink. And, you know, we're even thinking about when we give someone that cold drink, a lot of times we're just putting a sleeve on the cup if it's like a drink with ice in it so that, you know, you're not getting all this like condensation on your hand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've thought through a lot of, you know, even with the thickness and, and the rigidity of the straw so that you're not putting that straw and it's getting clogged up. You're getting like a good flow of, you know, some really creamy nitro cold brew or, uh, you know, a mocha that's made with real chocolate that might still have some chocolate chunks in it. And it's got to be a big enough straw to be able to get that in. Um, So we're we're thinking a lot about that. We're thinking about our beverage temperature, right? Like we want people, I mean, when you're having that first sip of a pour over or your latte or a cortado, like it's not too hot. You can drink it right away. And, you know, for the people that are getting just the, the hot drip to go, I mean, that's going to be a little bit, you know, that one comes a little bit hotter, but we find that those people also, you know, some people like a, a steaming hot cup of coffee and they want it to last for a long time. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of thought and experience put into it, but, you know, the one that we get the most excited about is the person having a drink here. And, you know, if you're getting like a cold brew for here, um, you might be getting that in a flight like you'd get at a brewery with three different cold brews on a custom made wooden tray with, you know, three brandy snifters of cold brew. Anytime someone gets that, they're like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. This reminds me of being at a brewery. And they're not used to seeing that with coffee. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the glassware and the ceramics that you use is an important part of that drinking experience, too. Oh, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's cool that you guys and, do that whole the tasting piece and the programming and the education of that. I think yeah. it's really unique and encouraging people to try the different roasts and I even remember one of the first design meetings and you never know again with different clients how immersive your experience is going to get yeah. and like how yeah. much yeah. you're going to get to try literally of their business but these guys showed up every time they brought like basically a portable coffee setup with them oh, yeah. so like every meeting they'd show up in the conference we'd, room we'd bring like a Chemex and a grinder <laughs> oh, and every great. time we would kick off every meeting with fresh made coffee yes. that was an important part we are like we were going to make better design decisions a whole better process. We're going to be working harder. If we're caffeinated. If we're, if we're all caffeinated. With really good coffee. Yeah. And it was... That's why it turned out so well. Yeah. And it would always take like five or ten minutes to make the coffee. But we wanted to remind people like it's worth it. You know, it's you might wait it. a little bit longer for a better cup of coffee. But that's part of the experience. But I forgot I all about so that. so much about the whole roasting process from you guys. And also, you know, I always thought like stronger coffee was, you know, the dark roast. And you're like, no, it's the light roast. Like it's more caffeinated. There I was you like, go. you're kidding me. So... Um, and just kind of finding your way in coffee and learning about what you like and what you don't like, more South American flavor, African, and why it tastes the way it does, um, is really cool. And part of the programming of what you guys do in the space is those educational opportunities in the cupping room. And again, like we can design a space for it, but then it's like, how's the client engaging their customer in the space to create more interest than just the physical space? You yep. know, yeah, one the actual real- product and programming. And a really neat um, design decision and that core brought into the experience was um the pegboard so we have this like pegboard that runs all along the the shop 
you'll see it. It's probably about, you know, eight feet up along all the wall where you've got kind of that subway tile. You know, we hang these little signs, these little coffee flag signs, we call them, from the pegboards. And there's little signs that will say espresso, pour over, drip, nitro cobra. And then under it, you'll see all these colorful signs. And those correspond with the different coffees that we're serving with that brewing method. And people fall in love with a certain type of coffee. So those colors and those names correspond with the colored strips on our bags. So people might really fall in love with our Indonesian Sumatran darker roasted Blue Ridge Bluff or a lighter roasted Monticello Sunrise, which is a really nice floral and fruity Ethiopian coffee. But then they get to experience that coffee or get really excited. Like, oh, you've got Potomac Falls on pour over. I'll get that. Like, that's my favorite coffee. And I haven't seen it on pour over yet. You know, there's this like kind of element for the regulars to get excited mm-hmm. about certain, you know, like our baristas might dial in one of the single origin coffees as an alternative espresso for the day. And we have all of these people every day that will get super excited That's about awesome. that, me being one of them. But um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the only one. But uh, that, that pegboard was also really cool. When you come into the shop, check it out. There's, you know, Core also worked with a mill worker to design some custom built stuff that fits on that for holding our different teas, mm-hmm. um, for holding some of our brewing equipment in the cupping room, and we hang our, our aprons from there. So it's actually been like very, it was, you know, it's this like beautiful but very functional yeah. design that allows us to like, we can also like move around where we have these like little signs hanging or where different stations are because it's very modular. And that was all inspired by kind of, again, the workmanlike details that you'd find in a workshop, you know, like, so you've got these kind of plug and play pegs that hold all your tools and then it allows them some flexibility as they're adapting because I mean we try to plan a space as best we can and we make educated guesses about how people are going to use the space and how guests are going to use the space but designing in some opportunity for people to evolve in the space and make it their own so that was one of those opportunities for you guys to kind of grow and adjust (laughs) yeah that's really fun and those visual cues for the coffee right being green or red or whatnot um, that people can see when they walk up is also tied to the SCA color wheel, right? That's right. The association has put a lot of time in defining a really detailed flavor wheel for mapping out, you know, the different flavors you'd find in any coffee. And it's, you know, not an exhaustive list of everything out there, but it's a darn good one. And they even have like a sensory lexicon so you can look at when they say, you know, this is blueberry you're tasting. It's like, this is what we mean by blueberry. It's this, this like smucker's jam. And, you know, put like one ounce on a spoon, and that's what we're talking about. So it's, you know, it's really cool. They put all this, I think they, they hired a bunch of, um, you know, sensory scientists. They work with a couple of universities and um, helped to develop this flavor wheel. But on the back of any of our coffees, we've created what we call a flavor hexagon because our, our logo is a hexagon. And, um, you know, we just kind of outline several broad areas of flavors that you might find, whether coffee is, you know, nutty or or chocolatey, you know, or roasty and or fruity, you know, you can, you know, on the back of our bags, you can see um, which different flavors each coffee has, and then within the hexagon, the specific notes. So that is kind of like a, a more subtle detail yeah. in the shops on the back of the bags. But the shop was very much inspired by the importance of, you know, all the research that's gone into coffee and the importance of education, which is why we wanted to have that cupping room. And one thing I wanted to, you know, that I thought was really great that Core brought into the design process too. We really wanted people to know that we were roasters and not just buying coffee and serving coffee. We're really proud that, you know, my mom is like our master roaster and has been doing this for a long time. We take a lot of pride in mm-hmm. every, you know, unique roasting profile we, we come up with. So when you walk in, there's, um, we talked about the pegboards and all the different coffees. There's a lot of 
featuring the different specific coffees. There's a huge shelf of fresh roasted coffee. We will not sell coffee that's older than two weeks. So we're always rotating through fresh roasted coffee, which is unique. And then when you look up on the back wall, like the first thing you mm-hmm. see at the top is this beautiful row of different colored wood. And that's called, um, and Core found this, it's called Shosugiban. Uh-huh. And, um, Shosugiban. And oh, it's, that's yeah, Allison, you want to talk a little bit about what that is? Sure. It's a, a Japanese technique of kind of artfully burning the surface of the wood. So you're literally kind of roasting the surface of a wood plank. And it's used a lot. It kind of weatherproof and insect proofs wood a little bit. So you can actually use it for exterior use on houses. And it is used in Japan that way. In other places in the world, of course, now. But um, we thought that that was just a subtle but beautiful kind of nod to the roasting process. Um, so the wall is just a beautiful feature, but it starts out as like a lighter kind of roasting on the wood until you get to the really dark side where it's kind of charred and everything. So. Yeah. That was kind of another brand signature that we thought that's something that's replicable that they can take out and use in future stores. Because we were designing this as the flagship, but, you know, their intention was like, we want to set the tone so that we know what we're going to do if we open another shop, you know. So kind of creating this as a prototype for for growth for the brand and everything. So that was one of the kind of signature design elements that we thought was like an ownable piece that related back to their roasting process and, and paid homage to that. Oh, that's great. And that you talked about your mom's the roaster, right? And and that's kind of how this all started, really, right? Is that relationship between you and her and wanting to get her coffee out to more people than just family. So Absolutely. it's nice you can keep that really present. Yeah. So is there anything in here that isn't supposed to be here? In the shop? In the shop. I mean, you got new succulents and they look Yeah, great. yeah. We were yeah. just commenting as we <laughs> came in today. There's Plant some, life. Some very large um, pots of plants that... I've never seen in here before. They must have come in today. They're but on, I think it's I think on it's brand. They're, they're on brand. brand. <laughs> they fit in. The, they're natural. The uh, wood on the flower pot matches the wood in the shop. Yeah, I think um, you know the team here really takes a lot of ownership of creating an experience in here, and they've done a good job of even when they add picture frames with mm-hmm. like information on it, they get like a brass frame. Yeah. You know, we're really living in our own little brand world here. It's a beautiful one. So for anyone that hasn't come by, I you know, maybe you don't think to make a trip out to Pentagon City mm-hmm. on a weekend, but I, I'd encourage you um, one day when you're catching up with a friend, come over to Commonwealth Joe and, and have a cup of coffee on the weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. or come to the cupping class. So, or come to yeah. the cupping class on Sunday. Sundays. Yeah. Slurp some coffee. <laughs> uh, but most of, um, you know, there's, there's things in here that we didn't really imagine. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, I know there's a lot of board games in the cupping room. Um, which we didn't think like, oh, we're gonna like play lots of board games in here. But you know what? We we've done uh, kind of board game nights, and yeah. uh, you know this is also just an area in the community to bring people together. And we kind of you know listen to the demand of like what people want and what people want to use the space for. And we're open minded and we get creative. So I think a lot of the features, what, what it really is working in the way that we kind of imagine. That little counter by the resident entrance is being used as a mobile ordering pickup bar. The column is functioning as a great display for retail bags. We sell a tremendous amount of retail bags. And the cupping room is used for education. And, you know, we had a vision of designing more space for our team to work and that we thought workflow was important. And we paid a lot of attention to the where we placed equipment and even notching in like little holes in the countertop 
to make space so you could kind of see into the little bin where you've got the milk in a bucket, yeah. but like you don't have to <laughs> lean back because we cut out a little two inch like notch in the ledge so you could see without leaning. And these like little design decisions great. make a big difference <laughs> if you're working yeah. back yeah. there. And, and, you know, and I think it shows in the type of talent that we've attracted. And it's really the people that provide that friendly customer experience, but they also need that. You need the environment for them to experience that kind of friendliness and great quality drinking to really make that experience special. I feel like we've really done that here. So we're really happy. And I think those like little technical details, right? We spent so much time in getting to know the workflow process of how they're preparing all their beverages. Yeah. Different processes for the pour over versus a cup of espresso and just where everything needs to go so that it is easily accessible and functional. I mean, there's a coffee shop needs to be efficient. I mean, people yeah. look at it as like, oh, it's a coffee shop. How hard can that be to open a coffee shop? You're like, well, you can really ruin <laughs> some people's experience I... if you don't put a lot of thought yeah. into making it seem like it's effortless, you know? So it's a finely tuned engine back there for sure. It took yeah. a lot of coordination to get everything kind of in the right place. But I am always curious to like come back and do the exit interview with clients and be like, how are you really using the space? Because yeah. that only helps us grow as designers, yeah. you know, to say like, oh, we intended for it to do this, that, or the other. Like, is that happening? And then what? You know, how have guests decided that they're going to use the space, you know, or how are your employees like adapting it yeah. to solve a problem that we didn't think about? So kind of those unintended opportunities for us to hear about in the actual use and, and growth in the space as people experience it over time. Yeah. So it was, it was fun to watch you come in because you just started instantly talking to the staff and they thought of you as a celebrity. It seemed like they got really excited. Everyone Which knew. Is so They're hilarious. like, oh, it's the people that designed like, the shop. Yeah. It? And I was yeah. like, oh gosh. And sometimes that can go one of two ways, right? Either they're like, you make my life so great. Or like, oh my gosh, let me show you what doesn't work, Becky, <laughs> yeah. you know? And like, yeah. I'm prepared for either one and I'm open to yeah. all the feedback yeah. because like I said, we, we learn from all of that as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool though. There's things that you don't think about when you're designing that like, you know, are interesting observations from, you know, I, I come to the shop almost every day, you know, just to, to chat with the team and to get a cold brew or an espresso or a pour over. And, you know, there's certain times of the day where the light reflects off the other buildings in just such the way that, the natural light beams in on certain parts of the shop and it's just like absolutely amazing. And like those kinds of experiences and then that, you know, over the next like 15 minutes, just seeing that light kind of transition mm -hmm. through the space mm -hmm. and like just hit different elements in the shop. Like that kind of thing is almost like impossible to plan for. Yeah. You know, it's been really cool to see those as well. It's really interesting to see how light, you know, the, the, the natural light and the materials we picked together like they add a lot i think without the natural light mm -hmm. i don't know that the materials we picked would have been the same mm -hmm. like it, it all works like in in harmony yeah. together it's fun too because last we talked like a year and a half ago you really were explaining your coffee bags and all of the names were hearkening back to virginia and different parts of virginia um, that you wanted to give homage to and and those lights and those colors and the name that all just comes together and it does make me think about virginia and um that's nice. Yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah. No, we, um, the team that started, we, we all met in Virginia and we're from Virginia. So, you know, that's where the name Commonwealth Joe, the Commonwealth of Virginia, where it came from. Now we're finding, um, you know, as we go, we're expanding in the 
the business into other areas, um, we're like, oh no, is that going to be like a bad thing if the name is like tied to a specific region of the U.S.? And we've actually found that, you know, I think people would embrace it. And mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. I think when you're in another commonwealth, people just assume it's from that commonwealth. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, they're from the commonwealth of Pennsylvania or the commonwealth of Massachusetts, um, which is really funny. And then, and then if you're in a different state, they just think it's like a nice word. Yeah. Like, oh, that's no, a definitely. nice sounding word. Yeah. Um, I'm from Ohio, that's what I thought. Like, oh, Commonwealth. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> it sounds mid-Atlantic. Yes. Yeah. It's, kind of, yeah, it's kind of like dual meaning. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, two larger themes that I just want to get through for the end. It's been fun to listen to you both talk because, Robbie, you sound like a designer. And Allison, you sound like you could have a coffee shop as well, just how you uh, yes, talk high about five. it. Yeah. yeah. So you guys train each other up really well. Um, but so when you go into other coffee shops, I guess the question is, if I'm going into any coffee shop in D.C. or really anywhere, what things should I be thinking about and feeling about the space? Probably a lot of spaces aren't designed with such um, specifics and thought towards them, but still it would be fun from a designer perspective. How should I be going through a coffee shop? Oh, man. Yeah, so it's funny that you say some spaces are designed and some are not, and some of my favorite restaurants I've ever been to, it's like clear they did not hire a designer. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. a mom and pop shop and it's been there for like 40 years and like everything tastes really good that comes off the griddle because it's like been greased up for 40 years and it's like lo-fi and you love those experiences just as much as you like the orchestrated, thoughtful designs as well. And so I think it's kind of like intentional or not, you know, the space is shaping your experience, right? So when you walk in to a coffee shop specifically, or any kind of retail or restaurant space, I tend to think like the lighting really affects your experience. And then how in the space are you experiencing kind of their food or their beverage? Like, how does the space support that? or not support that because I think if the experience of the food and the the space or the seating or something about that spatial experience is disconnected, Mm -hmm. there's something that's off and like, you know, you can't put your finger on it exactly, but it just, there's something off about the experience, you know? So we talk about those things, whether they appear intentional or not, you know, or more kind of hidden cues, you know, we use those things to kind of just gently kind of affect the experience. So some things might stick out like a sore thumb, but I think it's more about making it appear like part of the natural experience. So I don't know, I think lighting's a big thing for me. Seating and if you feel comfortable walking in and, and finding your way. You know, we talked a lot about the queuing here and that it does feel intuitive and like you're not sent through a cattle chute to queue into the space, yeah. which is nice. We've got like a nice gracious queuing area up front here, but some concepts like Nope, it's all about speed of experience mm-hmm. and expediency, and that's appropriate for them. You and know, probably like Starbucks so, would be a good example of that. Right? Yeah, just, exactly. You feel like you're in a cattle shoot. Exactly, get in, get and out that's and- intentional. And you know, their their guests actually come to expect that and like that. You know, they like that consistency of experience mm-hmm. across all of the stores. You know, so there is something to be said for if you are trying to like build something that's highly replicable. You know, you want that consistency of experience across all of your stores. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and some people, some operators, you want people to sit and stay for a while. The seating's a little bit more cozy. Maybe you've got upholstered seating. 
some people it's like, no, I got to turn tables or I want to keep people moving or I don't want people camping out on the Wi-Fi, you know, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, let's make some kind of intentionally uncomfortable seating, you know. Yeah, so I've been to those shops. You definitely yeah. feel that. <laughs> I'm not going to do work there. So, again, it is it's using all those subtle design cues or decisions um, to shape the experience that the owners want for their store and for the experience of their product. Uh this was not a coffee shop project that we did, but years ago there was a, a project that we did where all their food was served in bowls. So we were like, what's the actual physical experience like of like eating out of a bowl versus yeah. off of a plate? And, you know, the smell that you get coming out of a bowl versus like food presented on a plate and how that's so much more of like less of kind of like a social eating experience, in my opinion, as it is like mm. an individual eating experience and very immersive with your food. So that even informed like, the tables, the seating, the layout, like yeah. the larger experience. So it all goes back to kind of like the food product or the beverage product that uh, you're consuming and like it needs to support that at the end of the day. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Um, and Robbie, what do you think when you go to different coffee shops? What, yeah. what do you experience? Well, I think now after going through the process of intentional design and thoughtful design for a shop, I, I certainly think through the design like thoughtful and I pay more attention to the design elements and the choice or the lack of, you know, did they just kind of bring a bunch of things together that they had into the shop? I, 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 I notice it more, but ultimately when you walk into a shop, you have an impression mm-hmm. and you, you're, you're struck with this like emotion and this like feeling, but you don't really know what it exactly is. And I think if you're, if you are a designer, you can pinpoint like, oh, it's the lighting, like, you know, oh, they should, really shouldn't have used that. It's really harsh. Like, white light and they should have went with something like softer but for most people they just come in and they're like they're just like struck with an emotion and it's really a mix of like all of the things and the design is certainly a big part of it the lighting is a big part of it I think the the, I I pay attention to the level of music playing and just like what is playing and like what is the level of the volume is this kind of music I could have a conversation or like I can at least like hear someone over it too and I think you know it's incredibly important in a coffee shop to have like an efficient system for collecting orders and delivering on accurate orders in a timely manner. So I think like the efficiency of it is what keeps people like coming back and also just is it versatile? Like do you, if you're there with four people, you know, is it as functional as if you go there by yourself to get a little bit of work done? So seating is important too. You know, the design is certainly important and you know, for me the the quality of the coffee is just like so important um you know like and i'll go in and depending on like where i'm going you know we'll we'll dictate maybe what i what i get yeah (laughs) oh for sure well in the coffee shops as you were talking i was just thinking um coffee shops because there are so much gadgetry components cups like filters everything i mean it has the potential to get cluttered become a cluttered space really fast and look really chaotic you know so for an operator, I feel like it's that much more important to give them like the appropriate storage space and make sure that you've kind of created a space for all those things. Cause I think yeah. the guest coming in and maybe that's okay for some brands are like, yeah, we're just kind of like your neighborhood spot doesn't really matter. You know, we're just kind of seat of our pants kind of type of operator. Like yeah. maybe that's okay for some people, but, um, you know, having that simple stress-free experience. I mean, I think yeah. that, that needs to convey to the guests too, that it's not just a disaster behind the counter. Clutter, you know? <laughs> clutter, clutter can, you know, and, and lack of cleanliness can, you know, well, clutter can create anxiety. Yeah. And, um, 
when you see like um, pretty disorganized or uncleanly space, you know, it makes you kind of have like a negative connotation like uh, or, or even a messy bathroom mm-hmm. about what the, you know, how sanitary the food preparation or the coffee preparation is. I think that's important too. And, and there was a lot of thought put into just like what kind of storage will be above the counter? What will we intentionally display versus like, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are we going to try to hide? Mm-hmm. And for people that are maybe even intimidated by coffee, you know, it's yeah. like, how are you making it approachable for everybody? Like when you walk in, right? So if I'm walking into a coffee shop I've never been to before, I'm like, I normally go for like the black coffee, you know, like I just want a simple cup of yeah, coffee. I'm not like a fruity coffee type of drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just looking for, I'm like, oh, so much pour over. Okay, get that. But so trying to help kind of all level of coffee drinker hit them and helping them orient themselves to like the menu and the ordering process early on and again making it intuitive for everybody or if you want to geek out and talk to the barista for half an hour you can do that too you know so i think that's kind of important for coffee shops to kind of figure out like what they want that relationship to be with their guest you know yeah so that's kind of something that i i look for when i'm going into a shop i've never been in before i think that the getting good people is such an important part you know and and arguably like the most important part of the of your coffee experience Mm -hmm. is like the person you're going to interact with you know you could have a beautifully designed shop but if you have an awkward experience with an unfriendly cashier or barista like can ruin your day Mm -hmm. and people will remember how they felt even if the coffee tasted great even if the design was great but you know they had an unfriendly experience like they're going to remember that and they're never going to come back and they're going to write a terrible review so I think it's so important to, if you're going to go through all the effort of thoughtful design, um, you know, you think about like, what's that customer experience we're going to try to create. But the great thing is it's this like great cycle of, um, you know, if you have a wonderfully designed shop, if you have like a, all the appropriate storage and things are in the right place and you make it nice to work there, you're going to attract better talent. You're going to get more customers. You're going to get more tips. Um, you know, you're going to attract like better talent and then, you know, you can attack friendly people too and it's, it's hard to train people before but I just want to emphasize too like the people component and finding the people that match that brand too is such an important part of the coffee experience or, or really any restaurant experience or, or any retail experience yeah yeah Wow, well, we could go on for a while, I'm assuming. <laughs> but it, it, is, it is really neat to dive more deeply into design um, mm-hmm. and the complexities of it. I think a lot about coffee and kind of the complexity of it, and I don't think the average coffee drinker is really thinking about the complexity of coffee, and so hopefully this podcast helps allow people to stop and think more about that experience with coffee. In this episode in particular... Um, will hopefully push people to think also more deeply about spaces and their experience in coffee shops because it's just as complex in a lot of ways and unless you really have the tools and understanding to think about it, it's hard to do it. So thank you for talking about that more. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah. And one more question if I'm allowed. Absolutely. Uh, in case you need to you know, run out of here. But, um, <laughs> not into the rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've been hearing rumbling, it's not our stomachs. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the rain. So... Where's Commonwealth Joe go from where you are now? Are you expanding? What are you working to do? And then core, kind of same thing towards you all. What's on the docket? Any good places that we should think about going to uh, once they're complete? So whoever wants to start. Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, you know, I think the opening the store has really, um, you know, was a big splash for us into the D.C. market in a big way. And like I said, we own and operate the Java Shack and 
you know, that shop is near and dear to my heart and also like many people in Arlington. But opening Commonwealth Joe really put Commonwealth Joe on the map. You know, I, I think it built a lot of buzz. And, you know, we've actually seen a tremendous amount of growth in the office channel uh, doing nitro cold brew on tap. And our mission is making amazing coffee approachable and accessible. And we found that, you know, office workers in Pentagon City love coming to our shop. <laughs> but there's a lot of office workers that are too far away that aren't able to make it to the shop during the day. And, and uh, right now we're, we're really focused on, um, you know, seizing the opportunity in the office market. And what's great is, you know, we find so many people are discovering the shop through finding Commonwealth Joe in their office. And then they become a big fan and they start buying our beans, whether it's online or at the shop. You know, we have a, a wonderful uh, shop that we would love to. Um, we're now in other cities now with the cold brew and offices. The business is expanding a lot. Um, is that New York and New York, uh, Baltimore, Philadelphia? And so really in the mid-Atlantic, the dream would be, yeah, it'd be, it'd be wonderful to be able to open, you know, more flagship stores in different cities. But what we found that the retail does for our our brand is it's it's really a wonderful place to experience the brand and it's almost like um more of like a showcase for the brand mm -hmm. you know if there's an opportunity to to bring that brand experience into other markets you know i think that would be something we could get really excited about but right now we feel that the, all we have bandwidth for is is uh you know <laughs> is, is, is just seizing this office opportunity and being good stewards with the stores that we have today yeah. Oh, we have exciting things going on right now um, all across many different sectors. So the work that I'm specifically focused on right now, we're finishing up construction documents for a multi-venue kind of collection of vendors, um, food focused. And so that is going to be um, operated by Neighborhood Restaurant Group over at 1401 Pennsylvania Avenue um, on the east side of DC. And that's going into a multifamily building, apartment building. So um, that's coming out of the ground now. Hmm. So that's really exciting. They're going to have a, a cocktail and wine bar in there they'll have a beer garden in there it's kind of a freestanding restaurant and then several stalls for different food uh, and beverage vendors so that's been exciting to collaborate with them on that um, and then we really love like working with gosh I would I would totally put these guys in the same category as you guys from Commonwealth Joe because it's like people that are really like obsessed with their business and passionate about their business and also really passionate about engaging with our customer base. And to that end, we're working with uh, Total Cleaners from kind of a retail and service perspective. Um, they uh, are very much behind the scenes doing a lot of like dry cleaning and laundering services for, again, they have like a locker services, which a lot of probably apartment buildings don't realize that their lockers are in their building and they provide that service. Yeah. Um, and they have a huge offsite facility out in Virginia where they can control the quality of the laundering and dry cleaning and repairs that they do. But they've decided that rather than be more kind of behind the scenes um, as a service provider, they want to have a retail presence and a presence in the communities that they serve because they believe that your clothing is a very personal experience and it takes a lot of trust and they want to be involved in community engagement and really changing that business because there's a huge amount of room for improvement in that business. You know, if you think about your experience yeah. going to the dry cleaner, it's usually terrible. Um, and so we've been working with them and designed a prototype for them that is uh, in for permit right now and will be going over in the union market um, neighborhood. So it's a great 
neighborhood for them to kind of test this prototype and great community to be a part of. So those are kind of two randomly kind of vastly different clients and project types, but is very exciting for us. Um, and then we recently finished up for Hilton Worldwide out at their headquarters in McLean. On the ground level, we took over a first floor retail space for Hilton. It is now their global headquarters reception, as well as kind of a gathering space. Um, it's a public space, open to the public, so you can come in, work there almost like you would in a WeWork, but it's also a food hall. Um, so it's kind of a great amenity for them, but also for the surrounding community. Uh, so they've seen a huge change in how it's affected kind of their work culture and how the interactions are occurring um, for their staff and outside vendors and, and things like that. So it's exciting to watch how they're using that space and growing. And we had a second phase of that that just completed, which is extending the space out to the outside in an outdoor terrace, which they had their grand opening for the team members today. Oh, wow. So congratulations. Yeah. That's so those awesome. are, that's kind of the interesting cross section of what we do. And then in addition, we've got a bunch of building projects. We do multifamily that we're working on some of those as well and historic renovations and all sorts of things on the boards right now. So oh, that's really exciting. Yeah. Very cool. So if you want great coffee, come to Commonwealth Joe. And if you want uh, great architecture and, and design, go to core. Um, thank you guys again for joining today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> and that's a wrap, folks. Keep up to date with Commonwealth Joe via their website, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. See what CORE is doing by checking out their website, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Stay up to date with DC Drip wherever you get your podcasts and give me a shout on Instagram or at dcdrippodcast at gmail.com. A quick thanks to Mike Crockett, the engineer, the Broke Royals for their music, Rebecca Silverstein for graphic and web design, and Wesley Stukenbroker for creative support. Thanks again for listening and keep growing community. <laughs>